Well, hello and welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast for this week's episode. Another catch up with the great men of the My Love of Golf podcast. Yes, it's the Rocket Man and Magic Mike. We've asked for some listener questions. We've got in golf for a number of years, but from a few other topics to cover off today. Looking forward to catching up with the guys. Let's bring him in. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Mile of Golf Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. It's a pleasure to be here with you, and we thank you for joining us. Now, firstly, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, Rocket Man, how are you? That doesn't get old. Um, no. Firstly, uh, how are you? You well? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm uh, fantastic. Uh, the theme backgrounds for the Zoom people. Thank you for the. Uh, Several people that watched us on the Zoom video. Uh, we'll keep trying to do that if you keep watching, seven of you. Uh, let's try and get up ten this week. Ten viewers on the on the, on the the video on the YouTube, maybe a couple of other followers. That would be great. Um, but firstly, uh, Rocket, can you sit up in front of the camera so I can see you? Yeah, right. You missed the memo. Obviously, you know, Mike, can you sit up in front of the camera? Can I just see you? Oh, we're both appropriately dressed in, in team uniform. What What happened? I don't know. Did you tweet something? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> uh, well, I've, Mike's got the uh, limited edition My Love of Golf uh, podcast T-shirt on. I'm wearing a very limited edition. It's a one of one. Uh, it's still it's approaching summer, of course, in Melbourne. It's, of course, it's uh, hoodie weather still. Um, I've got the one of one uh, My Love of Golf podcast hoodie. If anyone wants a My Love of Golf podcast hoodie and there's an interest in that, we might make that happen. Might have some of tonight's dinner on it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how are you, Rocket? Oh, good. I, I got the one with the black print. Yeah, you've got the, the blackout uh, edition. Black on black. Uh, are you well? I'm, I'm really good. Uh, how I'm was really the feedback good. after last week's um, shark attack? Uh, the, the man who I, I thought that would probably – I was going to preempt him to say, I hope you listen to this one. I thought, no, I'll leave for a bit of a surprise. He uh, – he gave me some glowing feedback, so I was very appreciative of that. Mm. Well, certainly, wherever you uh, listen to, or whatever page uh, you turned, uh, or you know, screen you scrolled through, it was very topical. There was a lot of co- a debate and conversation about PGL, SGL, whatever GL you call it, uh, and the sharks uh, dive into Saudi dollars. Um, you covered it Do- off pretty well. Dive. <laughs> More than dive, with, he's like like snowflake. He's doing that, you know. He's doing the starfish yeah. in the snow. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, off the Cessnock High Diver. We would have called it a big horsey. Horsey, <laughs> big horse, big horsey. I think he's doing bombs in. He's doing bombs in piles of cash. I think you Victorians called them something else down here, honey pots or something. Uh, horsey, 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 did a horsey. Yeah. Okay, there you ah, go. Definitely. Okay, um, but you've you've. Continued with the uh, the Zoom background uh, the, and the shark theme. <laughs> uh, is that your creative genius there? Is that your artistic? <laughs> no, is that no, your... it's the power of Google. It's power fantastic. Of... <laughs> so uh, for the, the people who don't, uh, this, the 
7,993 of you that don't go to the Zoom, that means that there's you know, seven of you that will, um, you can see the background. Rocket's got a picture of the shark there. It's from the sea cucumber uh, series. Um, the sea cucumber's covered. Beach coma. <laughs> but he's got uh, some Saudi headdress on and... Uh, shark logo on the band. And the shark logo on the band. Um, that's probably inappropriate uh, and offensive to some people that maybe listen. But anyway, it's from Google and uh, you've got it up there. It's not me, it's you. The shark is offensive. Yeah, well, that's, that's the whole point. That's exactly the point. Um, Magic, <laughs> how are you? Excellent. Very right. well, thank you. Okay. Uh, you've, got a, you've got a great background there. It's... How many more days and counting? How many days and counting before we can legally venture back into Tasmanian shores? December fifteen, I think, is the official date. Um, so not too far away. About a month. A month until okay. um, yeah, we can officially go to Tasmania. Unless you're Stuart Kerr and his lovely dad, who are down in Barnbogle, but they fly out of South Australia. Oh, well, lucky, South lucky humans. South Australians and uh, can go straight to Tasmania. Uh, g'day to Big Stew and Big Jackie Boy. I'm not sure if uh, Big Jack's been down to Barnbogle before, but uh, it looks like a father and son trip that they're off down there and uh, very jealous. Saw the mm. pic- you saw the picture of them out there at the front of the, um, the Barnbogle dry- yeah. drive-in. Jack looks more like Stew's brother. I, he's in Ripping Nick. He's in very good Nick. Uh, I was going to say that, yeah. Big Jackie boy is in Ripping Nick. If you want to know who we're talking about, you can go to the Lynx Diary. Very good friends of the podcast and us of them. Uh, and volume two of the Lynx Diary has a wonderful story about Stuart's round at St. Andrews, uh, mm. the old course where Eric Anders Lang, previous guest of the podcast too, by the way, um, surprised Stuart by bringing his dad across for a round at St Andrews and uh, there's some beautiful pictures there and the story about that uh, episode. But anyway, good day to Stu, good fella, and uh, good day to uh, Big Jack. So back to Tasmania and yep. King Island. You are, a, you are the mainland representative of King Island, um, one of their <laughs> prime industries. One of, one of many uh, selling, uh, selling cheese. Yes, mm-hmm. that's me. Um, when, are we, yes. When, when is there a business trip? Planned. I I've just, I just that's I put the background up of of, of Wickham. Uh, I've been talking about it all day. I've been in about three or four meetings with my customer, who is a I look after one of the two big supermarket chains, and uh, yeah, we have to get them down there to just see the site because I've not been there. Mm. And I said, look, that sounds fine to me. You just let me know when we need to get there. So I think we're talking about Feb. Okay. Christmas is too busy in Jan. No one's around. So hopefully Feb. I can see why it's really important for the buyers of the big supermarket chains to go down on a business trip. Well, down, it's, down prices are down. No, it's the it's the other one. Um, <laughs> no, it's it is it is important. I mean, because these guys are they're a big part of our business and they are important. Um, but also, just to give them a handle on, like, the people make cheese, but not just because I work for the company. There's King Island is a very special place. Like people say, talk about the actual town. The town is you know, ten shops. <laughs> There's nothing there except two of the well, two of the best golf courses in the world, <laughs> and uh, amazing cheese, amazing amazing cattle. Um, and yeah, don't forget it, the King Island Hotel. Come on, King Island Hotel, the Boomerang. It, it's a it's a very very um, it's a great place to immerse yourself in and really get a handle on it because when we try to do a lot of advertising for the dairy and i'm not going to go down the whole path of selling cheese here but it's very big for us to try and get people to get an understanding of the place and so when we talk to these guys and you know sitting in an office in sydney it doesn't really do it justice 
So no matter what happens, the honest answer is they probably won't be keen to play golf, but I'll be making sure the trip down will be on a Thursday and Friday and I'll be hanging around for the weekend. <laughs> they can all fly back. Ah, very, no, well, it is important that uh, anyone who represents any products and brands, if they can go, do the full immersion and really get the uh, passion that mm. comes out of the, the place and out of the product, that's really important. We used to do that at Mercedes-Benz. I was a beneficiary of a number of uh, trips to Germany. Just think of some of those some of those cheeses that could be melted over just a nice, um, you know, barbecued cray. Yeah. You know? They make a beautiful, um, one of our white, uh, white mold cheese, one of the brie's they make with uh, it's the crayfish from the island they catch there. In the pies in the local bakery makes a, a brie and crayfish pie, which is supposed to be exceptional. Uh, relative to the... The off-topic, on-topic conversation because, yeah, we're, we've gone straight off the unplanned script. There is no script. Um, no, we're on script. It is, this exactly. Is normal. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is uh, but relative to last week's um, hot topic, my unsun-kissed legs from the last three years could actually be four years. It was a couple of years ago uh, that I was down there at uh, King Island on a, in a January. It was a hot January. And uh, it may have been the last time that my legs saw sun on that very uh, picture that you have in your background there. And probably the reason why they didn't see sun since because I got absolutely fried straight off the air adventures. Uh, what plane did we fly? No, we didn't actually fly on that plane. Mike, Pilatus. Pilatus PC-12. No, we went, we went on the uh, Outback jet. Um, they didn't have the Pilatus PC-12 then. What was uh, the Outback jet? What did you fly on? Um... Uh, it's, it's the twin prop. Yeah, you know, pressurized job that you go yep. over air adventure over the over the uh, weather and not through the weather. Um, so it flies at all times and all altitudes up there with the big ones. Uh, but it's just the, the underwing, the yeah, yeah. Uh, that sort of kind of thing. Twin yeah. twin turbo prop. Uh, yeah, straight off the plane, straight into the bus, straight out to Cape Wickham, straight into Sunburn Central. That's the only way to go. The uh, the UV in uh, the southern state and around the southern state is very underrated. Mm. Okay, it may, it may it may be cooler, but It'll it's got you. some bite. Yeah, I mentioned in the opening that we have some listener questions. Uh, a few. It was just a last minute thing. I was sitting on Mornington Main Street, um, buying tonight's winning Tats Lotto ticket, and I was waiting for Mrs. My Love of Golf to go to the bank uh, to get some change because in Mount Eliza where we live, they've shut the bank, so we've now got to go to Mount, Mount Mornington and get that. I was there, um, you know, just buying the ticket, and I uh, put a thing out. Ask some questions, and there was actually some questions related to King Island and uh, your role as uh, the mainland ambassador to King Island and King Island Golf. Um, if you are from, I visit, look forward to hearing who these are from. If you are from uh, visit Tasmania and you want us to go down there, you can get this sort of coverage pretty pretty easily. We're, we're happy to come. Um, we'll, we'll ask the questions later. What's happened this week in golf, uh, Rocket? You, you got your finger on the pulse? Oh yeah, Slugger Slugger White, the uh, PGA Tour official has um, joined the uh, the Saudi Golf League. Quite appropriate, really, because he never enforced any rules or anything like that with um, on the PGA Tour, so he fit right in. He's going to fit right in. They're going to be able to get away with all sorts of murder. Slugger White, he was... You'd quite often... Uh, po- he'd pop up on the telecasts. Um, you know, they'd refer to him as Slugger White, obviously. I don't know what his real name is, but... Uh, so what are you saying about old slugs? He's he doesn't he doesn't enforce the rules. He he's let Patrick Reed off a few times, mm. made excuses for him, um, almost overruled one of the um, officials with the whole Matt Kuchar thing, 
He's uh, he's not an enforcer. Hmm. So, do you think that that's why they've handcrafted, hand selected Sugger White? <laughs> why not? He's going to be perfect for the players. Any player that goes, do you know what? I can bend the rules a little bit and make some cash. Any no, up- it's just it's just on theme. It's yeah, right yeah. on theme. Any updates on who might be other likely um, starters for this uh, swing that goes through Asia and whatnot? Phil. Right. Anyone else? Oh, Phil, Phil will be in, right? Yeah. Phil, Phil will be in. I reckon someone like Jason Kokrak will be because he's a Saudi golf ambassador. And then it'll be, you know, where you get someone like Westy. Right. But no one, no one knew yep. since last week sort of come out. Nope. No, because it's because no one's, no one's going no to attach themselves to that. Mm. So, what, so what you're going to have is you're going to have a lot of these. It's, it's going to be a, a bunch of players that are just going to go, Do you know what? The chance of me late in my career making an absolute just couple of house loads full of cash for just playing some tournaments, why not? Right. If, if, if all of a sudden they go, I oh, will sign on for three years as a face, so basically trade in their name and any shred of legacy that they have left for $30, $40, 50000000 million, almost like guaranteed, they're going to do it. Right? They, those, they, there'll be those ones that will do that, right? They're just going to go, do you know what? I don't care about my legacy. I'm just going to make epic cash and ride off in the sunset. And then because they're doing it, align it with the Asian tour, so then what you're going to do is you're going to have them pumping up actual tour events there. So all of a sudden, you think of the money that's going to go in there that might attract others, but then you're also then you're, you're already funding an actual existing tour, which has been under-invested globally. It's kind of, you know, you think about how all the other tours are treated when it comes to the PGA Tour, then the European Tour, which the European Tour actually becoming a bit more sort of global. So the Asian Tour are going to go... Jeez, like $200 million over the next 10 years, who's going to knock that back? And also there's a lot of countries in, in, in and around Asia that are questionable. So they're right up, they're lined right up with um, uh, some of the uh, foundational cultural um, themes that exist with Saudi. And but the thing is, they're going to, it's, it's almost like going to be in stealth. It's not like you're going to have a heap of players going there. It's going to be one of those things where it's over time. It's just going to be almost like accepted. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. like, it's, it's like you just, they're just going to keep slowly clicking their fingers until it's just white noise. Mm. And then you'll just forget who they are. That, that's just, that's the, it's, they're going to play the long game. They will play the long game, and they won't get these top tier players now. But you might get a heap of younger ones. What you think about? Um, what 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 about you've got a top young kid who's just come out of college? So imagine if you have almost like Morikawa, Wolf, Hovland come out again, and they have to go through the ringer to try and get on tour, and then they might end up being on the Corn Ferry, where all of a sudden they go Asia Asia Tour funded by Saudi go. Hey, why don't you come over here? Mm. You're actually going to get more, um, more um, world ranking points, so you can come over here in these weaker fields. We'll guarantee you X amount of money, and you know you're going to fast track yourself into the top fifty in the world. It's like the the the, the Brooks Kepka model. Mm. Go to Europe, build up your ranking, go back over into the US, etc. 
you know, why not play on the weaker fields in Asia, make a, a heap of cash, rather than go and play the you know toilet out in the corn ferry, you know, trying to make it in into the big time. Do we think that we'll see some Australians up there? Yeah, that have that have tried to get onto the Asian tour and all that sort of thing. Or they yep. want to get on the Asian tour. Yep. Yep. It just depend. I mean, at the end of the day. It'll depend on the people that are paying the money on where they see value. They're not going to pay someone who's they're not going to shell out big money for someone to come and play who's a no not a no name but you know middle of the road player. No, but the thing is though now the Asian tour will actually become Elevated. a destination. Yeah. Because they're going to be playing for big purses. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do you pl- do you toil away on the Asian tour for big money and better points in weaker fields? The fields that are probably weaker than what's on the Corn Ferry tour. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So yep. do 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 you go down that path? Because then you just go. You could slug it out for two a year or two there, get your world ranking point up into fifty. So all of a sudden you're into all the WGCs and all these other things. Because you think they're because it's not Saudi having their own. They're going to have these tournaments, but they're going to be tied to events. So they're going to make it really hard to ban people because it's a Asian tour event. Hmm. It's it's a good strategy. It's very smart. Yeah, be interesting. I mean, with the the money coming into the European tour this week, um, that obviously gives them a lot more strength um, and bigger bigger. They'll have bigger funds for each week to play for, so that that definitely helps um, them. I don't know. So what was the, so that I saw that and I didn't do any follow up. So is that is that official? Yep. Yep. So DP World. DP World Tour. For how long? Ten years, I think. It's, it's yeah, it was a long time. Sentence. Yeah, it wasn't like a year. It's a long time. Um, how many shekels? The, the purses were looking back to normal from the ones that they the, the, the yeah. what they put up. I didn't. They can't give you the exact. Oh, numbers, so they would have had like a twenty events or something like that. Yeah, two hundred million a year, sort of thing. The Rolex events get expanded. Uh, the prize money goes back up to what it was pre-COVID time when they had to you know bring some of it back down. Uh, it's a, a long-term commitment. Don't quote me if it's ten years, but it's a long-term mm. uh, DP World Tour, and you know that's their their combat. So is that you know the Dubai, the city of Dubai coming back at the this Saudi influence? Is that this sort of power brokering of the region? Oh, DP World. It's the it's the shipping containers versus yeah, yeah. the the freighter planes. Yep. Yeah, I can't see it, but yeah, I, I um. Did anyone get that? Shipping containers versus shipping containers versus the freighter planes. Well, DP World, you know, own a lot of the ports around the world. You know, yeah, many and many FedEx and FedEx gotcha. they use planes. Yeah, shipping containers versus the planes. Okay, well, sorry. I mean, the funniest <laughs> the funniest part about it was the first person I saw <clears throat> quoted on the new money was um, Dingo from the PGA Tour because he sits on the board of the European Tour now with the new um, amalgamated piece. So. It was like, oh, you know, so consolidated like, shipping cup. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. We should call we we should call that little series with the with the um with the they've got the co-sanctioned stuff. We should call yep. it the um the consolidated integrated supply chain cup or something like that. <laughs> supply chain cup, I like. <laughs> but they put out the new calendar, and yeah, it's pretty stacked. I mean, the Aussie no Aussie tournaments on there, so there was no big open. Um, so I don't know what's happening there because the, the the Aussie uh, PGA put out the 
schedule and said there was still more announcements to come. But now the Euros have come out with the new tour and it's not on there. So I don't know what this announcement's going to be. Yeah, so I reckon the whole Vic Open thing would have got the, you know, probably lost its, either lost its status temporarily because of everything that's been going on yeah. or it potentially could lose its status permanently because of everything that's been going on. There is one gap on the on the schedule for the Euro Tour. I did say it says Asian Tour event, but it doesn't say where. Now, whether that classifies as the Vic Open could fall into the Asian Tour, don't know. Don't when was know. it? When was that? I just got to get my. Well, pro, my I, I just got to pencil it in my calendar for my pro am. Uh, I reckon appearance. it was the week after the Masters was the gap. I think it was okay. somewhere around there, which that, is that, was that, a perfect time for golf in Australia. That works for me. That works for me. <laughs> People really want to get on a flight and come to Australia right after just, the Masters. Just reminding, reminding everyone. Uh, you know, there's been a few uh, pro am appearances, and those players have gone on to win. Uh, hey, didn't you Euro- play with Minwoo? I think I did. Um, but also my all-time favourite, uh, George, ten years on tour, no wins, uh, comes up with me, gets a little bit of a you know he I get a short game lesson from him, um, he gets a lesson in conversation, the art of conversation from me because uh, it wasn't coming that way. I asked him for a chipping lesson. He goes on and wins in the European Tour. There you go, George, George Jorge Campillo, Be- the best outside of Robbie Rock. He's the second best hair on tour. Ooh, yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of European tour, there was an event last week. Uh, what was it, the Portugal Masters? There was. Yeah. How did we go? We were sort of close. We were there or thereabouts. Not, no, I don't think we had a winner, but no, I mean, we went okay. Um, yeah, it was probably the week where uh, the bits and pieces that I saw uh, and the data sort of backs it up a little bit. Old mate Thomas Peters found his putter for a week, so that, that and it, it wasn't over his knee. <laughs> He's definitely got form there. He's a yeah. He's it's. We've talked about it before with players. It's just you got to find the trend of of the person's weakness, and once it sort of start get, gets that upward uh, swing, find them because uh, yeah, he, he's he's always been notoriously poor putter, and he had a good week with a putter. And that's all he needs. Yeah, he was just not snapping as many clubs, so it was like we yep. should. I should have jumped on him. <laughs> uh, there's. Yeah, he, Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, he, he's, again, he's one of those players that um, him and his stable mate, Detri, that I just don't normally bet because they both have that, that bad habit of um, disappearing at, uh, on uh, on a final round. But he didn't do it, which was good. Well, Tommy Peters disappeared for a while, hasn't he? He's been, you know, I, I he's, don't know what his OWGR is, but he's he's been away. Uh, it's been of, a couple of years yeah. since his last win, yep. about two. Yeah. Uh, but we were so we were close. Uh, Minwoo top ten. Well done to Minwoo. Oh, his first thirty six holes was just not it's just not sufficient enough. Mm. I was very disappointed. A couple of other people that we've been talking about. Uh, Horsefield. We were talked had a little bit of a chat about um, Sam Horsefield. But again, what we said last week was it was you know he he wasn't as poor as he has been in the final round. But of the guys that played in the towards the pointy end at the at, in the final round. He's one of two players in the top twelve that didn't break par, yeah, and he's sure, finished. Sure even yeah, he's nine 12. nine behind the leader, but you can't do that. You can't mm. like even if he shoots even just four under, which is almost looks like the average for probably yep. the top other twenty players. Yep. He finishes tied for third. Yep. No fourth. 
Because yep. there's, there's a, a fourth, no, fifth, top. actually, because there's, yeah, thing but at the top. But that's a, that's a big difference in... Could be, it could be a couple hundred grand in, fifth, in money fifth, and fifth points. 55K euro, and instead he got 22. Yeah. Uh, we always have a bit of a jokey sort of thing about the top Scott, and uh, Bobby McIntyre always gets mentioned, but they usually end up deferring to, you know, sort of someone else. That someone else has recently been um, Grant Forrest, who is. is definitely the top Scott, and you know didn't look like um, you know getting dethroned from that position this week. Minus eight, minus one in the last round, but um, I guess more importantly is what is happening with uh, with Bobby Mack? Like he's had he shot plus eleven on the last round to finish plus twelve. What's well, I can tell you, he's, it's he's cleared his mind of it because I was watching uh, watching the Euro Tour just before we started recording and uh, it was early days and he's out in the afternoon and he had an eagle putt from about 20 feet and I don't, I still don't know how it didn't go in and I'm sure he still doesn't know how it didn't go in. So he tapped in his birdie, but he was traveling along pretty well today. Okay. Well, Bobby, we're, we're with you, mate. We're with oh, you. I think it's the weight of expectation now. Yeah. And that's so, it. So we should, like, we should drop off him. We should let him. Like, no, he needs to actually become accustomed to the weight of expectation because mm-hmm. you're playing at a certain level and you're getting to certain, you know, you're on the brink of making it into the Ryder Cup and you didn't quite get it done in that last month or so. Your form dropped off completely. So the weight of expectation, he hasn't been able to quite. Well, we've just, uh, we've just had a little, here he is, Rocket's back. The weight of expectation, Rocket, you just pick, pick up where you went blank there. The weight of expectation. Oh, my internet connection is unstable. <laughs> the weight of expectation and he hasn't been able to elevate up to that, that um, the next level. Yep. Okay. The Bobby. data says the data says uh, the data says it's the putter. Is is what is what the data says that everything else around strokes gained wise, he's sitting bang on uh, tour average, but the putter has dropped away in the last uh, oh, since yeah start of the year. That's the one the one part one piece he needs to get right. Well, you can't uh, win tournaments not putting well. Um, you played some golf on the weekend, Mike. How was your putting? I got I putted a lot. Um, that's not necessarily good. I had uh, well, well, this is from last week. Yeah, Sandy. So um, we didn't talk about my fantastic round, but I, um, I had thirty-one points, which was okay for a person who had forty-two putts. I literally. I did everything I wanted to do. Those greens, as you know, as we spoke about last week at Sandringham, there's a few holes where you need to know where to land the ball on the green so you don't put yourself in a poor position. And I put myself in all the great spots but just couldn't get my lag putting right and didn't make anything. So it was very, very poor. Yeah, you're not going to win uh, many balls or dollars or whatever you play for when you play in the club comp or social comp or whatever. You're not going to having 42 putts. You're not going to do I – I went through that period of my golfing career having 40 putts 38 putts thinking you know when I got to 36 putts I thought wow this I'm, I'm back and then uh you know I did some research and realized that most of the people around me were having 29 putts yeah 30, 30 putts <laughs> that's, that's it it's like six shots like, yeah so um yeah. anyway practice putting um that's it of course if you if practicing your putting means getting a new putter of course, there's only one destination to go to for all putter choices in Australia. That's Australia's biggest drum and golf, of course, uh, where you can get all the biggest brands from Tour Edge Exotics, Scotty Cameron, 
Uh, Cleveland putters are great. Wilson putters are great. Ping, TaylorMade, Odyssey putters. Yep. You can get them all. All down there. Um, you might We might be seeing you down there. We might have to book you in for a putter fitting, um, Mike. Is that what we're, t- we're hearing? Yeah. I'd like to actually, I'd like to see what a putter fitting can do with my putting stance and grip and everything else. It'd yeah. Be very interesting. The I machine saw- might just pack up and give it away. I'll let, let me know. We'll make a day of it. <laughs> I'll live with my chin on that one. I'm saying, would you like a putter fitting? Try to fit in the, uh, you know, the um, supporters read in there. And uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, Oh, and he puts side saddle. <laughs> side saddle with a full grip. I'm not sure if the putting green is wide enough to comp- – you know, you have to stand on the lower part of it and putt on the upper part. I don't think we – we'll have to get a little stool. No, at least he putts within the law. That's it. Okay. No, it'll be fine. I, I've got the, the, the very nice t- um, tailor-made putter, but I will come and have a look at some putters when I come down and look at some new irons. You ever tried Armlock? No. Uh, like, sorry, when I say I haven't tried it, for about two seconds. It's like left-hand low. As soon as I sort of try it for about three seconds, I'm like, no, nah, can't do this. Okay. It doesn't feel natural. Did, when With your sort of side stance putt, mm. your little stroke, did, did yep. you have to change any of the specs of your putter? Do you have to get the low angle adjusted or anything like that? Never done it. And to be honest, I started putting that way and people will be, but the people that see it and know a bit about golf ask if I do it because Sergio did it, started doing it. But I actually started doing it when Chris DeMarco started doing it. Mm. I've been doing it for 20 years. So it's a very long time. So I've never gone and got anything, um, any low angles changed. Um, I probably just, if anything, alter my hands for the way that the, the sole of the club sits on the ground, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, if anything, I'm prone to just sort of clipping the heel a little bit, but that's all. Well, I, I maintain that I thought you were a great part of the two or three times that we, well, the 96 holes that we played, and then the time we played before that, I thought your putting was okay, but it's obviously gone a little bit off. One of the greatest putters. Oh, it's a bad day. It's a bad day. It will all come back tomorrow. One of the greatest putters we've ever seen in the Peninsula District, you know, when I was a member at Mornington playing Peninsula District Pennant, and I forget the team that he played for. It might have been Rosebud, I think. Uh, chaplain of Paul Lulos and like we were all sort of mid thirties. There was always a couple of younger fellas and maybe the more senior guys might have been late thirties. Paul Lulos must have been in his seventies and he was one of those guys that played pennant for a thousand years. We had one at Mornington in the other team, uh, Mike Iceman, Mike Iceman Idale. Well, this team had Paul Lulos and he was a side saddle putter and I, I just remember watching him going, he can't do that, but obviously, and he just rolled the dots off the thing. So um, didn't cost us a final, but uh, he was he was sensational. Okay, um, there's, side saddle. There's, there's always that one older player mm. in pennant somewhere mm. that just puts the eyes out of everything, and you just it's everything he looks at just holds it, and you just go, I, I don't understand. Mm. And they kind of almost don't even line stuff up; they just stand over it and just hit it. Well, that was Paul Lewis. So I don't think he's with us anymore, but uh, um, he was a great player. Uh, okay, um, in Europe, so we've got the Golf in Dubai Championship this week. Is that right? Uh, yeah, they're in the UAE. They teed off early. I mean, I would assume they might be off early just for the actual um, the weather might be better a bit early, to be out a bit earlier. But um, yeah, they're deep into the sec- into the second half of the field now, um, and they're flying. They're, no one's playing badly. Uh, leader is Joachim Hansen. He's gone nine under in round one, but even at the other end of the um, even at the other end of the field, there's only a handful of guys over par. There'd only be twenty guys that are shooting over par over a field of 120. So it looks like it's 
going to be a pretty uh, low number this week to win. Uh, reasonable field, reasonable field. A lot of, lot of Scots, a lot of yep. uh, Englishmen, and a lot of Spaniards in there. Uh, yep. And isn't uh, this one of the last events leading up to the race to Dubai yep. thingy? It can't be far away. I think race to well, Dubai mid- is next week oh, yeah. the week after. Yep. DP yeah. World Tour Championship. They've already renamed it. So Minwoo's there, Casey, Fleetwood, Migliozzi, Wiesberger, uh, Scrivener's there, Bobby Mack, oh, Thomas pirate. Detry, uh, Justin Harding, Johannes Fearman, uh, Cabrera Bello, then starting to get a bit light after that, Victor Perez. Padre, Paul Casey. Yeah. Uh, someone asked me to do more accents, by the way. I'm <laughs> off the back of, <laughs> off the back of uh, Andy Johnson. You know what? I didn't. Uh, I might say I didn't sleep, but I felt bad after that doing. You know that little quip of Andy Johnson when you said, "Oh, you know, leave his leave his voice alone." Like, and we only ever speak glowingly of the Friday po- podcast. Yep. It's an absolute source of reference material for all good reasons, and I just see it as a sign of um, flattery. You know, like, and it's a, a lot of people do not. Yeah, I know. They can't they? They people that I've introduced into early fried egg before they were doing shotgun start. A lot of them are like, oh, I can't stand his voice. I'm like, forget about his voice. Listen to what he's talking about. Yeah. Oh, I love Andy Johnson. I love his. Vo- I love his voice. But but his, it's obviously but his voice. It's it is. It's yeah. very. It is very unique. You know, and if for, if you're like me that grew up with another speaking another accent, you know, has a another language is a <laughs> it's just a thing that i do and it's sometimes i've got to stop myself and go you know like you're not a comedian so you know you can only get away with that stuff if you are a comedian so i felt bad after you pulled me up on a rocker and i nearly edited it out but i didn't and um <laughs> uh, no, that, 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 darren zakharov said uh, thanks for the world's worst uh, worst slash best um, <laughs> andy johnson impersonation i saw someone not long ago it was only in the last month someone um commented either on his podcast or on Twitter somewhere and said, I hope a, something about a nasal spray can could sponsor this podcast or something like that. And he just ran underneath it. Yeah, that'd be great. Maybe it'll fix my voice. <laughs> I'm just laughing. He, 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 uh, he definitely does not shy away from using himself on the butt of any joke. So I'm figuring if we had Andy Johnson on the, on the line, he wouldn't actually mind. So that's why no. I left it in there. No, he would laugh. Um, and he's very clever anyway. Some of the when their emails every week. If you don't subscribe to um, you know, we're gonna fried egg fried egg, egg um so emailing list, get that because the just even the little uh, nuances in the co- in the um, headlines of his articles. You know, this week was something to do with DP World taking over the European tour, and you know, just the reference to DP. And if you know what that means, you know what it means. But uh, that's what he was referencing. It was quite funny. He- he, yeah, he's, we'll call it his little, um, his, I've taken, I, I've taken inspiration from the, how do you just turn stuff into just these words or phrases? So, you know, there are ones where I, I steal them from him or I co-op them or, or I put a twist on them and, or there's ones where I just get inspired by him and I just make, make them up myself. Oh, they're just part of the vernacular now though. Some yeah. of the things he talks about, some of his, some of the, the names he's given things, I don't even realise that they're his and I'm using them because I've heard them 20 different places. But like um, Rory, BFB. Bo- boy from Brontoslava. Oh, yeah. That, sorry. Every time you say <laughs> Rory, got, I don't got, think got, of that got, Rory. It, <laughs> I think it, of the other Rory. It, it got, it's 
like last year, he got excited because they used it actually on one of the, uh, it was like an NBC tele- telecast. Yeah. They were going, oh, you know, the boy, you know, Rory, Rory Sabatini, you know, coming up the leaderboard, the boy from Brontoslava. <laughs> and he's like, yes. It was used in a PGA Tour article as well. And he's yeah. like, oh, we must have a shotgunner. So obviously they're the yeah. people that follow the shotgun. He goes, we must have a shotgunner inside inside the, um, the, the um, oh, whatever they Across the moat, I think they referred to it as across the moat inside the uh, the um, the uh, Ponte Vedra. Because hasn't he been like black banned by the PGA media or all that sort of thing? Like no, he did no. a couple of years ago, but I think um, they realised that they needed him on side. Right. Okay. Uh, who are we going for this week in Europe? Back to um, what we were talking about before we went off track. Well, I hadn't looked at it, to be honest. If I'd probably thought about it, I would have probably gone with Min Woo again. Um, he yeah. started okay. He's five under. Can't argue with that. It's a solid start. He's eighth. Uh, Scribs five under. It's good, uh, good Min Woo weather too because it would be nice and dry, not a lot of wind. Yeah, no, it looks it looks very pleasant where they're playing. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't too windy. No, my luck. Uh, I might land on him and, you know, should have double him. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so it looks like it's a battle for um, Bobby Mack and uh, Grant Forrest again for Top Scott. Uh, Grant <laughs> Forrest is currently, as we record, uh, minus three. So they're level pegging, yep. so no one's got an yeah. advantage thus far. Uh, Bobby Mack's played 11 holes. Grant Forrest has finished. So maybe Bobby Mack does have the advantage. Who are we going there for Top Scott? Um, I'm going to go with Grant Forrest again. Okay, I'll back you there. The craggy little kid. Um Okay, you want to pick an outright winner? You're going to go in Woo, Rocker. You're going to have you got the account up? You go, okay, fair enough. No, it's oh, I can't be bothered calling. Okay. No, it's already started, he's, and his his odds be too short now. Yeah, okay, now let's uh, go to some of our questions. We can come back to the states in a sec. Let's uh, let's go to some of the questions that we've got here. Are you guys ready for this? Because more, more Rocket, um, you can contribute, but Mike's copped a little bit of heat here from his fans. Uh, so he's going to be responsible for. It's what happens when you? It's what happens when you share these things on socials. People start coming back at you. That's why Rocket. It's very handy that you did not do yeah, that. See, <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a there's a very good valid reason why I'm not uh, look peering into the cesspool. Uh, I did I did say if anyone wants any uh, from uh, about equipment, so uh, there's a very simple one that I can answer uh, on the back of my video today that I posted on the Mile of Golf Instagram. Uh, had a great round of golf at St Andrews Beach. Uh, yesterday with a couple of uh, one fellow podcaster and uh, two f- friends of the podcast. Um, Blakey from Golf Rules Questions had a round with him. Um, Phil, who is the um, one of the main men down there at uh, St Andrews Beach from Bogies to Birdies. And Ben, Ben Flavel, or you can get him at, uh, it's actually his name in reverse, at, at Level FNEB. Um, that's his Instagram. I love that, Level FNEB. And I, I, it took me about six months to realise, Oh, that's your name back to front. But anyway, level left net. Uh, ben was there. Um, put a video up of me showing the boys how to hit Is a... Is that like pace car in reverse? Yeah. Um, how to hit a knockdown driver up the last because I jokingly quipped that I'd been hitting hellacious seed nine feet draws all day and I got sick of that. So I just showed them how to hit a knockdown left to rider up the last. Uh, on the back of that video, uh, Mike Litwin, who is uh, in Edinburgh, uh, married to a 
good Australian girl from Newcastle. Uh, I met Mike, but he's a heart supporter over there in Edinburgh. He's asked, what driver setup are you running just now? Race car. Hey. Race, there you go. Um, what, what, what driver setup are you running just now? You obviously saw the, uh, the bombs being hit. Uh, it is a TSI 3. My driver is a TSI 3 Titleist. Uh, it's a nine degree, set at nine degrees. Uh, for those of you that want to know a little bit more about the TSI 3, it's the um, slightly smaller head, taller face, pear shape. You know, that really went back to that classic Titleist shape. I went away from Titleist drivers for a number of years, and we'll talk more about drivers in a second because it's another question. But uh, this one caught my eye. I did some testing. It's a very, very, very good driver. It's got this ATX metal face, a uh, lot of ball speed, good-looking driver. Uh, it's got the removable CG port at the back mic. Uh, I've got the cog set fairly and squarely in the middle, so it's very neutral. Uh, it has a hazardous smoke RDX shaft. That's a standard shaft in uh, in the Titleist uh, profile. It is one of the best shafts I've used. Uh, I've used hazardous black shaft in the past. Uh, didn't It was probably a little bit bawdy for me, bawdy, too stiff, but this hazardous, hazardous black RDX smoke, um, really, really good. It's a 6.5. 60 grams. So 60 grams is a little lighter, but 6.5 is a little stiffer. So I like the light, but I like the, the stiffness. So that's what I used to hit those um, probably 10 out of 12 fairways, baby nine, nine yard draws, and then just a little stinger up the last there. Um, really good driver. Um, that's one question. Uh, the next question, uh, a little bit more serious, and one that we can all contribute to, from Persimmon and Steel. Now, Persimmon and Steel is one of the guys that um, follow us, one of the accounts that follow us pretty much on the back of our Old Salty interview. If you haven't listened to the Old Salty interview, it's probably the most popular episode this year. Great guys over there in um, Ballina and Copenhagen. Uh, we got to see the behind the scenes of who Old Salty is. Well, they've asked us to digest uh, our favourite drivers from each decade. Now, I don't know how many decades we want to or can go back, but, um, you know, Rocket, as the... Who's, who's older out of you two? I'm the obviously the oldest, yes. I'm the old CD. Um, you two? Who's 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 next? No idea. I'm 44. No, I'm next. It's okay, Rocket. You're next. So, you know, go back to your earliest memories of your early drivers, and what are your fa- what decade is it, and what what was it? The one I had, or one I wanted. Whatever. What's your favorite? You know. What uh, what's the question is? Um, favorite drivers from each decade. Favourite one I ever had, and I ended up buying it on eBay again, although it wasn't the 10.5, was the TaylorMade Burner Plus 10.5 with the old, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the shaft in it, had the black and the grey, the, um, the TaylorMade, um, oh, it was made by Aldilla. Okay. But and it's the best drive I've ever had. So it was the Burner Plus? Burner Plus. Yeah, so I had the burner seven degrees, got it in Palm Springs in 1987 from, uh, it was a Mac O'Grady club, uh, seven degrees loft, thought I could hit it, absolutely can't, it was gifted to me. So the burner plus was like the bigger head of that type of, with the little dimple patterns on the, around the side. Um, yeah, so I had the, that was the first, second metal driver I had, the burner, the, ta- the which I got in 87, I actually had the first top flight Spalding Cannon steel <laughs> metal driver um, in Cessnock. Uh, I think we've spoken about this before, but it was gifted to my dad. Maybe it was a swap, uh, maybe, you know, several bottles of wine, you know, and uh, a driver and a dozen 
PGF Optimus or something like that came the other way. Uh, yeah, I had the Spalding Top Flight Cannon, had that for a while. Um, that was the first metal driver that we had seen in the town. Um, but before that, before that, my dr- drivers that I owned were just laminated. I think maybe had a PGF. Uh, what did I have? I can't remember. It was like a, a PGF something or other, but it, was, it wasn't until I got that Top Flight Cannon that drivers started to be a thing. And then after that, I actually went back to a Persimmon and I had a Persimmon Cobra, which we've spoken about, the Cobra Persimmon driver and three-wood block. And to me, still... Um, the best persimmons I ever saw that shape were, were that. Now, that might get a little bit of um, conjecture going amongst the persimmon uh, fans out there because uh, what were the other favourite persimmons, Rocket? Ida Wilson, Ida Wilson Staff, um, Deep Face. Mm-hmm. The one I tr- wished I could have got but here in Tasmania, so it's very hard to find, is the McGregor. Um, I can't remember the, the letter before it, the 85... M85, I think it is, mm-hmm. which was very popular. Yeah, the McGregor. But yeah, I had the Wilson. I had the Wilson staff deep face, which was as close to the McGregor one as humanly possible. I love that thing to death. So we've done the eighties, early nineties. Uh, Mike, what about you? What's I was your? Say, I started playing golf late, so I started playing when I was about twenty-three. So that's twenty years ago, mm-hmm. um, or just over twenty years ago. I want to say we started playing. And the first proper driver that I had, and um, I still have the full set of irons, the DCI 990 irons sitting in the other room in a black Titleist DCI staff bag, uh, was a Titleist 975D driver with the EI70 shaft. Oh, yeah. And I've still got the three wood and five wood. Then the five wood is mint. Like it is. 975D, probably one of the best drivers ever made on the planet <laughs> well it's the only thing of the full set that i don't have anymore because i um sold it to a mate because i just had i was upgrading drivers and it was only he lives in hong kong now young josh and uh, i messaged him only a few months ago and said mate I, where is that driver he said i was at mum's place he said, you want it it's yours i said i'll swap you for a bottle of wine so i'm going to get it back and put the set back get the band back together but um, I still take the five wood out. The five wood out's an 18 and a half degree um, little metal wood. And I take that out in my little half set sometimes on a Sunday. And when I catch it, it takes off like a flare. And the sound is so nice. Got the, it's heads about, the head's about that big. It's so small. It's tiny. So, so imagine this. I the 975D and then I kind of put the clubs in the in the wardrobe for about seven so years really and i only came out every now and then because people found out that um what i used to play off yeah so i'd get roped into corporate days because i didn't have i wasn't a member at a club or anything that wasn't really playing and but i was able to sort of just pick it up yeah and then play all right short game was terrible so I, i would do that for nearly 10 years and then one of my mates was playing Riversdale Cup and I went and caddied for him in one of the rounds hmm. and he, he just had one the uh, tailor-made R9s, I think it was, R9S, I think it yep. was. Yep. And he pulled the head cover off. I'm pulling the head cover off and I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? And he's like a biggest golf nerd on the planet yeah. and he was yeah. working at Drummond in, in Tassie. Going, what is that? And he goes, that's what they're all like now. And I'm yep. like, are you serious? Because what have you got? I said 97D, and he goes, 
dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you have any idea how much distance you've just given up? Yeah. Yep. I said, you have to go and change. So I, I instantly, I just like <laughs> went, <laughs> went, went to the it. nearest drumming, <laughs> went in there, bought it, and I, I was playing a event, um, a corporate event, and it was up at up on Queensland, and we we're playing at Sanctuary Cove. And I remember the ninth; it was like this par five, and I I kind of warmed up by that stage, and and it's a really long par five. It's like five hundred and forty thirty meters or something like that. And I thought I'm just and there's a little bit of a tailwind, and I've just ripped it, and I was like, I've hit it, and I'm like, I've never seen a ball just fly like that ever in my life. <laughs> I've had to yell four to the group in front. I'd long drive by like about forty that day. <laughs> so, question on the tightless drive. I've got a tightless tailor-made story um what's the this is my 975j so remind yep. remind me what was the difference between 975d and 975j i don't know what the j and the d difference was but a I couple knew, of years i reckon they ran right around the same time but there was, a, there was there was there was a yellow shaft in this and that one was the stock shaft that okay. one there is, i think yeah. um yeah this is this is the tightlist uh ultralight 60 sx flex yeah then they had the yellow and purple shaft and then they had the EI seventy stiff shaft, I think, and because um, I made them, one had the J, but I, um, no, I had the D, but they were right around the same sort of time. Um, but uh, I did the same as you, Rocket. I, I upgraded to a tailor-made driver, and it was the R five ten. Yeah, it was like the first one that had the trampoline face that they basically eventually said, "No, no, no, you can't, you can't use those in comp." It's um, and, and I remember they weren't the prettiest things either. No, it was a big block, but a mate of mine's dad one day when I pulled it out, we, we, we drove out to Woodend, a good country course at six o'clock in the morning one day, and I pulled it out on one of the longer holes, and he nearly fell over laughing. The biggest club he's ever seen. He's like, "What are you going to do with that?" Uh, two years later, everyone had the same same size clubs. It's so my first memories twenty years ago when I first moved to Melbourne and I found uh, I came across the golf shop, ironically, which I now am a owner of. This bizarre sort of way of looking at it, but I remember seeing this nine seven five J and the R series uh, tailor made drivers, and I wasn't playing golf then, but I thought I've missed out on this. You know, I've missed out on a whole heap of time, and and it was basically those drivers and hitting them and feeling how good they were to hit compared to, you know, the Cobra that, um, you know, I'd last hit maybe five years before that, uh, that got me back to golf. But I had basically, I got R540 yep. and then I got the, then they brought out the R540 XD and I sort of bypassed that, went to the R510, you know, I coveted that R510 TP uh, and I just found that a little bit too hard to hit, but it was an absolute rocket ship as you, as you suggest. Uh, the next one after that was the R7. Yep. Now, the R7 was the first one with the movable weights. They had the weight and the heel toe and then yep. the two rear um, CG weights. I bought that and had it for a week and ended up at a MGA at the ta and the tailor-made guy was there, whoever that was at the time. He said, oh, you just bought the R7. I went, yeah, 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 watch me hit these bombs. You know, thanks very much for coming. Um, and he said, oh, you should, you should try this, the R7 TP. And like literally I'd had the driver for a week and then I was straight back down to Drummer Golf Frankston um, yeah. and got the R75TP. Now, if people want to know, you know, like I obviously talk to people all day about golf clubs and they go, oh, yeah, how come this 
tight list or these pings or whatever it is, they're really expensive, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars. That R7 TP was a thousand dollar driver, mm. and that is 2002. 2000, yep. yeah, I reckon that the I reckon the tight list that I bought, funnily enough, at Drummond in the city. Um, from young Andy, Andy, who was the South African who was there back then, mm-hmm. selling houses now in the western suburbs of Melbourne, is Andy. Um, he sold me those, and I, would, I want to say that the, the the driver was about twelve hundred bucks. That's why it was nine seven five D. It was very expensive. Um, for those that are watching the video, that was me just getting my clubs, uh, the the vintage clubs off the wall with the uh, McGregor VIP uh, tawnies there and the uh, ping pings in long wedge, uh, the the PT thirteen tightless. Mini rocket ship. It's like your five wood, um, Mike. The little small headed three yeah. wood. And there uh, yeah, there you go. I'm just going to put them down. <clears throat> um, okay. If we keep rattling on, we won't get through the rest of the questions. Uh, next question. Okie dokie. Um, Andrew Kirkland. Andrew Kirkland is uh, a fine man from uh, over your way, Mike. Uh, over Willy Way. Um, he was interested to know why why we think that there's not enough provisions for junior golfers at golf clubs these days, and and I made me think, and I haven't got the I don't think I've got the fullest answer because, and I wouldn't mind doing some more research on it. And I think back to as we've spoke, you know, my time growing up at Cessnock and John Linnetson and putting the junior um, little section on every Sunday, 50, 60 juniors all playing for Rockets Hot Dots and, you know, fake glass, fake crystal goblets that we had to give to our mums and dads as prizes. And and now I wonder what exists like that. You know, I don't think there's nine hole comps at my course on a Sunday morning for a group of juniors, maybe not even Mornington. I've, I've asked Mike Ferroni to come back. And I know that there's clubs that have junior clinics and there's there's all of that sort of stuff, but... Yeah, for me it was different back then. It was like a little junior comp. We went off, we played, we marked each other's cards, we scored. You know, stable stroke or stable. We had handicaps. We had junior handicaps, and uh, and away we went. I'm not sure what it's like now, but basically, Andy, Andrew's inference was that you know the 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 kids, the young ones that get to that 12, 13, 14, 15 that can play golf, show some potential, have a, a, a GA handicap of 18, 19. They, they sort of either get lumped in with the, the men or there's nothing for them specifically where they can hang out with, you know, kids of the same age. And I don't know, you know, like I, I'm not as close to it, but if you if you are, um, I'd love to hear from you. And if you've got any thoughts, I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't look. Obviously, not. I'm not a member of a club no, yeah. that I sort of see every week. I know that um, there's a lot of clubs getting smarter about the way they do their memberships and giving. Obviously, um, yeah, juniors are a different level, but even just for younger people to get involved and become members, they're doing discounted rates and things like that. Um, but yeah, not sure about the juniors. Okay. Well, I'm going to do some more research on that. But Rocket, you were going to say. Well. More clubs now are doing more programs because so here's the problem. There's a generational problem is that they've the reason they're struggling now is because this is this is the price you pay for being stuffy old bastards for multiple decades. And, you know, the club that I started at you know, there were there were some members there that were just stuffy old bastards. It's as simple as that. 
and they actually they they actually feel like it's their right and you know they they have their hard week of doing work and whatever and they come out to the course and it's almost like they you know a kid is there and probably just doing what kids do and they're like oh you know get out of the way young young fella oh, i'm just trying to it's my only day i can i can relax and do whatever you know and and that's it and that drive and that actually they probably drive more kids away from enjoying golf because they're not being embraced by elder statesmen at their clubs and then here's the problem is that for every one or two that you lose or you lose at a certain age you know it's because there are some i've seen some driven out a little bit later you know in their early 20s or, or late teens and stuff like that so all of a sudden when that person that person might stop playing golf because it's not enjoyable for them anymore so all of a sudden you lose one there so then you know when they when their kids when they eventually might have a family and have kids they're not going to be entrenched already playing golf and they might just fall into it again later on in life so all of a sudden you've you've actually missed you've skipped a generation or you skipped two generations mm. So that's that's why clubs have problems with memberships now because of old crusty bastards. That's, that's the only way. To, that's the only way I can put it. That, that, that is the pro, That is why clubs have membership problems. It's because they do that, and then they don't put programs around it to support um, the juniors and build up their their membership and breathe life back into the club. Because I, I remember when I I was just lucky enough that there were enough. Even though I was in a small town, I was lucky enough that there were four or five others that were older than me and we were just like-minded and we kind of didn't care what some of the older older members thought. We just went and did our thing mm. and just had fun. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, once again, throwing back to our early days and there was soccer on Saturdays and rugby league on Sundays and there was golf for us that didn't play rugby league. I think about now and, and I certainly see lots of juniors, you know, younger members at Peninsula Kingswood, but they all seem to be fairly like moving towards that elite level. And I just wonder, you know, that's like the top edge. Um, but there doesn't seem to be that groupings of younger ones that are 20 handicappers and 25 handicappers. And, and yep. I wonder if they they do feel uncomfortable if they see the elite, you know, 13 or 14 year olds that, and they just drop out and they end up going back to the other sports. And, you know, they think that they have to be like the, 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 the better younger ones. And, they probably don't fully realise that you know all the all the men and you know th- girls that, that are playing and men and girls, um, men and women, um, you know, there's plenty of men out there that are 25 handicappers pl- turning up every Saturday, you know, and shooting 27 points, and no one yeah. no, no one gives a tinkers. Um, yeah, that's that that'll happen with most sports anyway. You get others that just aren't at a certain level and and they might drop out of that sport, and there's some that. You know, there's plenty of other sports that, if you're not at a certain level, you don't kind of have the same enjoyment. And then it's up to clubs, the parents, and other people around them to be encouraging of those ones to say, it doesn't matter if you're not like that one. That's potentially something to strive for. And mm. it's like you put it in the context of that kid's been playing for five years and practices every day. So if you want to practice every day, yeah. like yeah. do that. Oh, it's very simple, right? And that's and that's it. it. You know, call it. It's not really being brutal. It's just being honest. It's like he's had lessons every. You know, got lessons from a young age and did this and did that. If that's what you want to do, then do that. If that's yeah. what you want to, if you want to become better, like 
just do that. And, it's, and, it's very simple. And there's also the benefit of, I don't have kids, but I mean, the benefit of being able to have kids that understand if you're a 20 handicap and you're playing against a junior who's got 10 handicap, yes, they are better golfers than you, but handicaps make it even. That's what it's about. It's about getting out there and you're going to have your day when you win and it's not like you're playing, not playing stroke, you're playing Stableford. So you're still going to have your day when you can win. And that's what it's all about. It's, I played a, uh, played nine holes the other night at about five o'clock. I joined up with a lady on the third hole. She, she we got chatting away. She's forty five handicapper. Great. She was she wanted to tee off the back tees. I was good. Let's I don't care. I was I wasn't even going off the back tees. I was going off the daily tees. So off the back tees, and she was great. We said I couldn't care what couldn't care what we're shooting. Like we not we weren't competing. We're just having a bit of fun and a hit. And that's what that's the best part of golf. You can yeah. play with anybody. It's not like. If you're playing elite footy, you're not playing in the same league as different different players. You know, you, on a golf course, everyone's equal. Doesn't matter. Everyone can have a handicap. You can just go and have a hit. Everyone, everyone was a 27 handicapper at one point. Yeah. Correct. Uh, just um, on before we move on to the next question, shout out to you and Porter. You and does talking of elite golf, um, you know, and developing Australia's you know future talent. Uh, Ewan's put a great program together, the Junior Sixes program, supported by Adidas uh, Golf. Uh, and that's golf apparel. Uh, it's a great program. So, like, a, he's putting together an Australian tour. Um, the kids that are part of that, you know, get to travel around the country and play in these events that he puts on, uh, and they're very well run, very well structured. And it's giving this future of Australian golf a bit of a taste of what it's like to play competitively, you know, schedule your life around your tournaments and, um, you know, perform at mm. the highest level. So, shout out to you. And he does, he does a good job with that. But you mentioned uh, playing with, um, a lady that you just paired up with the other day. Just a shout out to uh, Jess from Australian Women's Golf Network. I had the pleasure of hanging out with uh, a group of Jess's network uh, at Peninsula Kingswood on Monday. Uh, the network is a group of women that got together for using golf as the vehicle to to network and to to get together and, and play. Uh, there's some coaching, some lunching, some playing, and all different levels of uh, golfers there. I was there just uh, hanging around, taking some photos and doing some video for for Jess, and um, it was just great to see so many smiling faces out there on the golf course. And some of the some of the women hadn't uh, actually ever played golf before, but they got out there and had a go, and it was fantastic. So shout out to um, Jess from Australian Women's Golf Network. Uh, she's you can link in with uh, Jessica Eden on LinkedIn. If you are a woman that listens to this or you have a partner uh, that wants to join that group, um, she puts great high-quality um, networking events on using golf as, uh, as a vehicle. So shout-out to uh, Jess. Uh, what else? Um, we had a, Let's get into the more funny ones. Um, Ginger Ninja, Daniel Crawford, um, he, he said uh, in regard to the uh, T-shirt, he doesn't want a T-shirt, he just wants me to send her the stickers that I promised him six months ago. So, Daniel, they will. Stickers are in the mail. Uh what else, what else, what else? Um, golfer's Journey. Uh, up there in Gympie, uh, he wants a T-shirt because he's special. Yes, he's a very special man. He Hopefully he's going to Scotland this year. Uh, by the way, got the got the notification the other day, Mike. Uh, partially, partially successful in the ballot. I don't know what that means yet. I've got seven... Seven days to decide on uh, if I'm if I'm going. But which uh, days do they give you? I haven't checked. Yeah. That. I haven't actually checked. Uh, uh, but partially successful. Uh, what else? Okay. Question here for you uh, from DH Wood thirty five, Mike. I believe you might know. Uh, he asks, "Why am I a better putter than Magic Mike?" 
D.H. Wood is Dale Wood. Um, I actually don't know whether he's a better part of than me because to be, and this is an honest story, normally he's a lefty for starters and he's normally thrown his club into the bushes before he even gets to the green. So I can't remember the last time he putted. He's a he's a notorious, he's a just Ooh. a lunatic. Okay. He's a, Helicopter. He's the, the silver bird is quite <laughs> flying, flying, <laughs> flying. Last time he played, it was at Werribee Park, and yeah, I think he threw more clubs than he had played holes. Okay, <laughs> we'll um, we'll move on to the next one from another another fellow that might be one of the great men of golf. Uh, ah. can, can you guess who this one might be from, Mike? Uh, no, I got no idea. Okay, we'll we'll go with um, Scotty McGregor. This one, there's ah, two questions good. from Scotty McGregor. Yes, uh, he just wants to know very simply what course will Magic might rip up next. <laughs> Well, I'm playing with Scott next Saturday at Yarra Bend. So, and I think I'm doing the pairings. So I might put myself in Scott's group and I'll hopefully rip it up and he won't. Uh, shout out to Scotty McGregor. He wants to come down and play uh, the PK North course uh, with uh, you, me, and um, maybe yes. Shura, maybe Shura or someone else like that. Yeah, I haven't played the North. I played the South that day, didn't we? Yep, we did. Yeah. Uh, well, I was reminded the other day I hit the shortest five wood in history uh, in front of a US <laughs> Open champion. Uh, someone reminded me of that fact the other day. I did. Um, Scotty McGregor also asked, is, um, he asks, uh, how's, Mike's, how's Magic Mike's new swing coming along? I hear it's scratch golfer stuff. Yes. Uh, look, I've done a lot of work, as we know, as we talked about over the last month or two, or a few months. It's actually pretty good. Um I looked at a video of my swing when I started with Baden in April, May, and I looked at a video of my swing from the other week, and it is poles apart, miles and miles apart. And um, I'm hitting a very different shape on the ball because I'm getting my body into a very different position than before. It's, um, it's a little bit exciting. It's a bit good. I think uh, there could be a, a, a the handicap could be going back down quickly. Shape before and shape now is what? Shape before was always a cut. It was either a dead straight ball or a cut. That was it. I couldn't hit anything else because I just went straight over the top of it. And now it's pretty much a tight draw when I hit it nicely and that's it. And I'm actually, there was a shot that I hit the other week where I had to hit this high, almost hooking draw into a back left pin and I hit it and I who hit that? Was that me? I didn't just one, one of those ones where you hit it and it's just it just looks magic in the air and you're just going. Wow. You, make, you make contact and you go, yep, that's yep. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't even finished your follow through and you're like, yeah, I'm I'm just <laughs> tapping my divot, the ball's in the air. You just know. Yep. Mike, so yeah, it's Mike, going okay. Mike, you did actually hit a pretty consistent sort of straight to a, a left to right. And if Baden's got you hitting you know, baby draws. Yep. Uh, Baden Schaff is his coach. His name. You can get it, hit him up on Skillis um, because that that's a significant change. Uh, your your fades are not as weren't as big as uh, Chihan's down at Bamboo. Chase, no, Chase hit a few big, <clears throat> dirty big, um, big right misses. If you want to yeah. see, if you want to see what we're talking about, you can jump onto the YouTube channel. Look at the little two minute, five minute video that we made about uh, Bamboogle. There's one part there where it, he gets a little bit of extended coverage. Does Chihan? And you know we've all played our drives, and he lines up for his drive, and it looks like he's pointing back to a, back to a mainland Australia. It's a, it's a ten. I reckon it was ten at Lost Farm, and you've got to go. It's the par five that goes around to the the left, and I reckon he's he's firing over the corner, but 
where he's aiming, he's got a, a 300 meter clearance, I reckon, before he gets back to fairway. It's it's a very funny shot that video. Unfortunately, so he, he was he was playing for the fade, was he? <laughs> well, I hope so because he's not. He wasn't targeted anywhere near where he should have been. The, the fact is that Cheese does legitimately hit at three hundred. Cheese Cheese had a poor week that week, but he's actually not a bad golfer. His handicaps floated between probably twelve or thirteen and twenty for as long as I've known him. Mm. But he's drifted out a little bit. He just hasn't played as much mm-hmm. uh, as he should as he could. It's two little, two little girls now, so no chance. It's 150 that way and then 150 <laughs> back that way. Also true. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Rocket, there's a question for you here. Uh, funny, well, we're getting obviously to the to the end. We're an hour and eight. I can't believe we've been talking for an hour, hour already. Uh, what? Uh, how's your lawn coming along? Uh, did it get a spring reno? And is there anything you need to tell us? No, that, I put that part in at the end, but, but uh, Ben does want to know how's the lawn coming along and did it... Did it get a spring reno? Uh, the the lawn was doing all right. I had it. I dropped the blade, so it was looking mighty tight. And then the rains in the last week have been very good. But I missed a couple of good days where it was dry. So I'm gonna have to almost like start again. And uh, didn't really do a spring reno. No need. Okay. Nothing you want to tell us. Okay, the lawn's still looking good. Oh. Oh, might as well. Everyone else knows. I'm relocating north. This is breaking. This is no one. No No one else knows. Well, we know. Keep it. We'll keep it between us. Yeah. Just, just keep it. Just keep it. Keep it inside this podcast. But yeah, moving it. January moving to Queensland. Okay. There we go. Someone, someone will. I, I just hope someone worthy is taking over the rocket lawn. Maybe you can leave. No, it. no. Although, although I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about the uh, the prospects that I have on the uh, the small patch that I have up there. I've been keeping a good eye on it. Got a guy sort of keeping it under good controlled conditions at the moment. So once we get settled in, then uh, it'll be a new adventure. Okay, very good. We'll. we'll That'll give us something to talk to as the uh, journey unfolds. Well mm. done, well done to you and the uh, rec- rest of the uh, the rocketdom out there in uh, eastern eastern hill suburbs of Melbourne. Uh, what else? What else we got? Um, oh, this is one from a fellow Tasmanian to the unofficial ambassador for Tasmania on the mainland. That's you, Mike. A fellow Tasmanian is uh, Will from Craft Golf. Yes. Big supporter of the podcast. Thanks, Will. I uh, hope he's going. If you want some no laying up, uh, no laying up gets a fair mention on this podcast by you, Mike. Uh, if you want some no laying up merchandise, um, you can't get it at Drummer Golf, uh, but you can get it off Craft Golf. Uh, he's the official ambassador for no laying up apparel in Australia. Uh, so you can go to Craft Golf and get to. So, so, so the actual Tasmanian has been bypassed in this whole question. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's like the, the shortbreds. Well, what's going on here? <laughs> well, I'm being cut out of all sorts of things. We haven't heard the question yet. But is the question's from, from Will from Craft Golf. No laying up. What who else does he do? There's uh, a Flyers Club. Flyers Club. He's now the the, uh, yep. unofficial, the, the official Australian ambassador for. Yeah. Um, hang on, there's questions. I've told him to get on to, um, to uh, Christian Hafer because he I messaged, was talking to him a couple of weeks ago because he had a new – some new uh, shirt t-shirts and stuff coming out for the burning cart stuff. And 
you can't send him to Australia. You need someone out here to look after it. I said, this is your man. Get on to him. Remember when we were in Barnburger, we were sitting there going, who's Kraft Golf? Why is he going? And we found out. We know it's Will. I knew Will. Will was an ex-Drummond. Uh, he, was, he learned everything he knew about golf at Drummond. There we go. Um, uh, Bum. Uh, Magic might deserves uh, no laying up points for every time he mentions it, so I'm trying to get you a free hoodie there from uh, Will. Um, but Will was asking, uh, what we, sorry, I've lost my place here. I can just say no laying up, no laying up, no laying up, no laying up, yeah, no that, laying up, no laying up, um, no laying up. Can I get a jumper, please? Thank you. Uh, new versus old. Does this equal performance expectation versus fun and expectation? So, you know, does using the new driver equipment uh, mean that golf is fun? You know, the, does the performance expectation is high, but is the fun factor high versus using the old equipment where the performance might not be high, but is it more fun? Um, I'll go first. And oh, look, for me, fun, like the, the most fun I have um, is nothing better for me than nice balmy night out on the golf course, even if it's the local goat track near my house, half set, I'm a speaker hanging off my bag playing some 90s hip-hop and I'm just wandering around aimlessly dropping normally fluorescent yellow golf balls because that way people know they're not theirs, don't pick them up and go the other direction with them. I'm not really fussed whether I'm playing the older, you know, the old um, five wood I talked about before and the, the Apex um, Hogan's that I've got or something like that. I'm, Sometimes I'll grab those. Sometimes I'll grab the, the new Callaways. It doesn't. The clubs aren't really the part that I'm more um, getting the enjoyment out of. Like sometimes I love going out the old ones and just seeing if I can still hit them the same way. But for me, it's more about just getting out there and getting in the sunshine and enjoying the fresh air, especially after the last eighteen months. There's nothing better than just being outside and walking the golf course with the um, the Seamus golf bag I got. I guess we should defer to the reigning champion of. Uh, the um, Southerly, yes. Buster, Southerly Buster, uh, Matt Mollica, um 12 hole. What was, the, what was the actual official name? The Rollback Classic. Rollback, rollback Alliance yeah, Rollback Classic. Alliance Classic. Um, what do you prefer? Do you prefer to roll it back or do you prefer to you know, hit the, some hellacious seeds? Um, for, me, for me, it doesn't matter. For me, I just want to be hitting the ball good. doesn't matter what gear. I just want to, even if I'm not playing great, I want to at least at some point in nine holes or just be able to compress a couple, just have it come zinging off the face, yep. just a couple of darts and just go, oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all I want. comes off like a rubber Nerf ball and you're like, yep. I didn't even feel that hit the club. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's it. I just need a couple of those. Yep. That, that, that is, that, that's the thing that keeps me coming back. Just tinkering around with that stuff, play some weird shots. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with all of that. I, I, if I haven't played for a while, I try and sort of be a, not too serious, but I'm trying to play myself back in. But I just want to be able to just compress those first couple and then go, right, just remember what it, what it feels like and the movements I'm making and then just build on it from there. Yep. Okay. Well, I would have to defer to the new equipment you know, at my age. Uh, I'm trying to keep up with the young fellas like I tried to yesterday and Blakey might have had me by a few metres, but wait for age, as I like the term I like to use for him. You know, he's 12, 13, 15 years younger than me. He's got biceps two times the size of me and I'm happy to be five, seven metres behind uh, behind him. But I think I need the, the new equipment, the new balls to do that. But I do like the old stuff. It is fun, but I'd probably rather 
play with that. Um, this is this question. Actually, sorry, actually one other thing on the new equipment. Yes. I reckon it's only just recently, especially and more specifically with the driver, where I've been able to figure out or change change my angle of attack to actually get the most out of it. So just- with the driver, because. I've grown up being, you know, you're sweeping it all the time. It's completely different now. Almost feels really weird. It feels like I'm trying to address it as if it's off my toe, yeah. like in front of my toe and mm. then hit it that way. And it took me a while to kind of get the right feeling. And um, the last time I was hitting some hellacious seeds down at Albert Park Range when we're allowed to, uh, I, was, I was getting a few near the back fence. Yeah, right. Uh oh. Question question for you, Mike, from uh, Ben. <laughs> this is funny. I don't know Mate, Ben. No, you don't know Ben. Uh, Ben's a South Australian uh, but works mm. across in Geelong. Um, so it comes and goes. Uh, more coming, more staying here at the moment until he can get let back into South Australia. Uh, what's the correct cracker to King Island Brew Ratio? Good question. Uh, personally... There are people that'll take a nice thin piece of cheese and balance it up, whereas I'm the person who will put a bigger than normal piece of cheese than you're supposed to and then get two crackers and make a little sandwich and put the whole thing in my gob. Oh, yeah, you get the <laughs> get the wafer ones. Yeah. The, the wafer ones. Yeah. You know, the really thin wafer ones. Like, yep. I'm going to make them yep. like a little cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's uh, what I like. In terms of... Um, you know, the cheese, King Island dairy cheese sales. Where yes. does where where where's the ranking? Where's the hierarchy? Is, is it is it Camembert, Brie, Blue? Brie's always the biggest seller. Um, Camembert probably next, just because people like the white old cheeses. But the the one we're most famous for is probably the Blue, the Roaring Forties Blue. Roaring Forties is is the name of the the winds that rush across the island, um, and that's our most famous cheese because it wins all the big awards. Like it wins. You know, best cheese in Australia, you know, a lot. Do, do, you, um, do you eat it? I love it. Really? I think it's exceptional. Yeah. Rock, rock and if you don't, I can tell by looking look on your oh. face, Ross, you don't eat blue cheese. So, no. rock it. No, I don't. Right. My, 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 my pop, my pop was probably the biggest blue cheese eater on the planet. I think a lot of people that have had blue and don't like it have had very full on, very pungent blue. The Roaring Forties is very creamy. And I will tell you, get a little bit, put it on a cracker, and then put just a touch of honey. And it, you will, I will guarantee you'll eat blue cheese after that. Just a little bit of honey. Just It just is beautiful. So that's not sat- cheese sacrilege, you know, by putting nah. a bit of honey or a bit of, bit of um, nah. uh, what's the, quince paste or something like that? No, nah. no. Nah. Nah, you can do that. Quince paste with the, um, with the blue, but, yeah, with the white mold cheeses. Does King Island do the quince pastes and accoutrement to the, uh, the cheese? We don't make it. Right? Oh, no, nah, don't, make, don't make quince paste. Stick to cheese, yep. Okay. So the cheddars, and uh, I know that um, Ma Rocket was a fan of the smoked cheddar, I think. The, um, the, we, we make cheddars and then we put them in a smokehouse, properly smoked. So it's not like a fake smoke. It's literally smoked. Okay. So, yeah, it's good stuff. So when we get down there, we'll have plenty of cheese to eat. Well, maybe King Island. Or if- maybe Air Adventure King Island to, to visit Tasmania. And, um, you know, if you need your you know, internet down there, we Rocket can hook us up with the internet, safe internet. Um, and I'll supply the golf balls from Drummer Golf. I will need golf balls. Mm, definitely. Need lots. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. I'll need golf balls. 
Uh, okay, I think um, I think that's about covers the questions and the frivolities. Uh, I bet those whippersnappers were out there. Yeah, okay, yep, yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, there's some more questions that have just come in. They, they keep coming. But um, we might leave them until next time. Uh, anything in the US happening that we need to talk about? I think we've, ba- we've bagged. Uh... Last week, uh, Victor went back-to-back in oh, Mexico, yeah. which was, look, to be honest, I won't lie, he ranked in the model that I built, he ranked fourth. And I would never have bet him because I have a rule that if you win last week, or you won the tournament last year. I don't like betting on you because it very rarely does anyone win back to back. But he did, so good luck to him. Uh, he was uh, he was a runaway winner in the end. He was he was clearly clearly um, best person there. I thought um, Matt Wolf was going to probably go very close for a long time. Uh, and this week they were in Houston. So this week um, Brooks is there. Tony Finau's there. Uh, Jay Brooks back. has to be there because he coders. He he was a the advisor with um Tom Doak on the Renaissance. And guess who else got? And, and I know you'd be very surprised about this rocket. If Brooks is there, and he's getting a, any sort of chance to do what he likes, who would he have brought to play? Who else would have got? Would he would he have got a game? Oh, this Chase. Week? Young Chase is in this week. So what's Chase is playing? <laughs> Jeez. So actually, um, actually, I was listening to. I think it was Shotgun Start. They reckon Brooks is going to have to play a lot of. Yeah, the reason he's been playing a lot of these events because he hasn't played enough. So his points carry over for OWGR. Yeah. Um, he potentially could drop out of the top 50 if he just decides to not play between now and February. Wow. Well, he, um, I look, to be honest, I, he's my, uh, he's top on all the stats that I've looked at. He finishes on top this week. So um, I'll put a few small um, bets on him. Um, there's a few others. I'll just send them over again, and, and um, Roscoe, you can put them up if you want. Um, there's a few. There's a, there's a million different people you can bet on every week, as usual. Um, the main ones that I went with, I can't remember who they were to be honest, but Brooks was one of them. Actually, Cam Cam Davis might go okay this week. He was one of the other ones that I didn't mind. I'll tell you because I I loaded up on all of them. Did you? <laughs> Uh, Brooks, Matty Wolf, Taylor Gooch, uh, Aaron Wise, Aaron Wise, and Cam, Cam Davis. Davis. Yeah. I threw, I actually threw Ian Poulter in there for, for giggles as well. Houston, he's a former Houston Open champion. Well, Aussies go well here. Um, the course, uh, I've got some friends that are connected to a few caddies, and and they've said the course is uh, you need to be hitting it long. And, and this week it's running very hard and bouncy. So um, probably sets up well for Aussies. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So you'll send across some tips. You can put them out. And uh, and then nothing. I, I think that's about it. Is that about us? Yeah. Yeah. Rocket, anything else from you, mate? No, there's no other. Rabbit holes, reviews, anything? No, no, no other blood money news or anything like that. Oh, the only other thing is. The episode four of um, Tourist Source season seven came out today. Yep. Um, looking forward to that one. Last one was fantastic. It's uh, the loop. They're at the loop. Oh, are they? Yeah, I just watched, oh it. My just watched God. it today. I've hit, I've listened to every podcast on when Tom Doak has talked about the loop. Well, it's a good it's a good episode. I know we like talking about no laying up on this um our own podcast, but um. Bing. I well, sent uh, craft golf. Craft golf. No craft golf. Uh, if you need a Apollo. <laughs> um, no, I sent Maddie Wallacher a message tonight, and I said, 
I love the no laying up guys, and I love it when they play hard and fast greens because <laughs> I don't know why, but people from other countries just don't know how to play hard and fast greens. They've got no idea. <laughs> and it's awesome. I love it. They've got no idea. So you'll enjoy it. Tron Excellent. has a good day. Excellent. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, very good. I think uh, we might uh, cut it there at an hour and 20-something. Oh, sorry, go on, Mike. Yeah, oh, I was just going to say, anyone who's watching that is probably wondering why we haven't mentioned the fact that I've got a massive shiner. Oh, um, <laughs> really? Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, you hadn't noticed it. Yeah, no, I had a, a as we talked about with the men's health the other week, I had a something checked out in the corner of my eye, a little uh, little growth that was cut out. So um, it was very rough when he cut it out. So it wasn't my wife, uh, as most people at work have asked me, and it wasn't my customer who hit me. It is literally just um, remnants of small surgery on Monday. You didn't get overexcited back down at the uh, Ascot Vale Inn or anything like that? No, 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 no. no. Haven't I've been? It had have, have more than a shiner. Mm. Front um, bar at the Union Hotel, yeah. But again, and actually, uh, who was it? Uh, young Josh from Melbourne City, who's the uh, team sort of assistant manager down there at Melbourne City. He actually sent me a message this morning, going, "Just catching up on the podcast. Glad to hear that you're okay. Thank you, Josh, for that." But as you point out, Mike, anything, even if it's a little sunspot, any spot, you know, it could be, it could be, it couldn't be. Go and get it checked out, and uh, if you need to get it nicked off, like Mike has there, and you know he showed us the picture earlier on where the bruising was just at one eye, uh, one part of the eye. Now it's obviously seat down and makes it look like he's been, you know, clocked by something or someone. Um, but just get it checked out, uh, Josh. Thank you for your note, and good luck to um, all my friends from Melbourne City who are playing in the FFA Cup tomorrow night down at uh, Bob Jane Arena against South Melbourne. South Melbourne Hellas. Uh, I've got my Melbourne City hat on. And I'm not sure it's probably finished by now, but uh, there's probably a couple of Melbourne City boys figuring in the Socceroos uh, tonight. Jamie McLaren and uh, Andrew Naboot, both part of the Melbourne City Golf Group. Uh, good fellas, know them both. Uh, good luck to you guys playing and representing the country up there in Sydney against, uh, funnily enough, Saudi Arabia. What a way to finish on Saudi. We started <laughs> on Saudi and we finished on Saudi. Didn't That's know it. we were going to do that, but we have. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, get into... get some King Island dairy cheese, uh, get into uh, Air Adventure to book your travel, get into Drum and Golf to buy a new putter. I'll see you soon, Mike. See you soon, Rocket. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon.